Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, and welcome to Don't Stop Us Now. I'm Claire Hatton. And I'm Greta Thomas. And we're on a mission to help you achieve your goals. We're all about sharing the secrets of the world's most innovative and pioneering successful women. Hear their uplifting stories and practical advice right here. Yes, right here. And if you're enjoying this podcast, then why not sign up for our newsletter at hello at don'tstopusnow.co and keep listening for this week's latest episode. Welcome to this week's episode, a topic that events around coronavirus have prompted us all to consider, and that's how to game plan losing your job or a big chunk of your income if you're self-employed. Yeah, that sure is the case. I mean, these truly are unprecedented times. And both Claire and I felt it's important to explore this topic today because increasing numbers of people are being stood down or have had their income slashed if they're self-employed. Yeah, absolutely. And many more are feeling pretty uncertain about their jobs. You know, and what business is going to be like in a couple of months' time? Yeah. The list of industries that are negatively affected is pretty long. You know, things like hospitality, tourism, airlines, arts, entertainment, events planning, catering, and some retail. And so it can really pay in circumstances like this for us to err on the side of preparation than not. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, it's a bit like homework. This kind of topic is maybe one you don't really feel like broaching or diving into, but you actually feel better when you've done it. And that's what today's all about. You know, we can have a game plan and you can manage your events and at least be the best prepared wherever you are in that sort of spectrum of having a job, having clients or losing some of those clients or losing a big chunk of your income. So what we're going to do today is whether you've lost a full-time job or some income or you're just a bit fearful, it's really important that you know that you're not alone. Yeah, absolutely. And today we're going to get down and practical and come up with actionable and constructive things you can start doing to prepare today. So what we've done in this episode is we've divided all the practical steps that you can take into three different areas. And we'll be covering each of these briefly today. Firstly, we'll be addressing the issue of your personal or family finances in these scenarios. Secondly, We're going to talk about the emotions of finding yourself either without a job or having lost a big chunk of your income, you know, the mindset, your self-confidence and things like that. And thirdly, we're going to explore the steps you need to take to secure your next job or your next gig or your next client. So let's dive in. Absolutely. Let's dive into finances. So what to do if you lose your job or a chunk of your income? Well, first of all, stay calm. Now, I know that even saying the phrase finances out loud 
Is there anything like you, Gret? (laughs) May have triggered a stress response in some of you. But please know this is not unusual. The data shows many of us hate considering our finances. Yeah, it can often trigger anxiety. So just take some deep breaths and ignore the the sort of the sense that you want to avoid this topic and face it. It'll actually make you feel better. Even if you'd be rather, you know, rather be cleaning the garbage bins than look at your finances. Trust us when we say you'll feel better when you do this. Putting it off doesn't help. I want to share with you now something that one of our former guests and the entrepreneurial brand strategist, Heidi Hackamer, has said to us. And she shared with us earlier today, in fact, that the experience of losing her job and her company at the same time was really devastating. And she explained what she felt she had to do about her finances. The most important thing that I did in that moment, and I continue to do in this moment because I'm being affected by this as well, is just really know where I stand financially and understand where I can cut and understand what is necessary. It really clarifies this concept of need quite quickly. So just as Heidi says, step one is to get clarity on how much you've saved and to assess what the bare minimum is that you need to live on and how long you've got with the cash you have. Then go through any recurring costs you have and see which of those you can cut. Should you stop gym memberships, subscriptions, extra cable TV channels, etc.? Yeah, we've gone through all our subscriptions and also checked bank statements to be sure we haven't missed any of those sneaky direct debits because it's really hard to remember what you've got direct debits for or not. And we've cancelled those that we didn't think we were making full use of. Yeah, absolutely. The key here is don't panic if you think you might not have enough cash saved. Instead, go to step two. Well, let me step in with step two. Step two is to understand what your entitlements are or could be, both from your employer if you've been let go, and also perhaps what your governments may have in support terms for you. In many countries, such as the UK, US and Australia, there are income replacement benefits being offered by the government due to these extraordinary coronavirus-inspired circumstances. So don't delay in getting your name down for these if you're eligible and if it's up to you to proactively put your name down versus have your employer put your name down. In Australia, for example, if you've been stood down, you need to register your intent to claim with the agency called Centrelink. Yep. And thirdly, while you're waiting for any government assistance to flow through, or if you don't qualify for any assistance and you're worried about cash flow in the short term, then think about how you might be able to generate some income to shore yourself up. For example, you know, maybe start a a side hustle Or if you have skills that you could sell, such as graphic design or analytics, then explore portals for gig workers like uh, Upwork. Or you could even look for a casual job, knowing it's something you'll do temporarily to tide you over. There are some industries needing to take on more workers right now to cope with increased demand due to coronavirus. You know, things like supermarkets, certain call centers, delivery services, medical supply firms, etc. Yeah, and so they're great opportunities to look for casual work for sure. Yeah. There's also speaking, you know, you mentioned side hustles. You found a great list of possible side hustle ideas. And we're going to put those on our show notes page for this episode at don'tstopusnow.co. Yeah, I certainly did. Finally, in the final step, thinking about your cash flow and your finances is if you're not sure 
you have enough cash to get by in the coming months despite all of these steps, again, stay calm. And what we would urge you to do is to seek advice from someone you trust and think is wise. Perhaps it's a family member or a trusted friend. Now, we're not financial advisors, so we're not going to pretend to advise you. But please, please do ask for help or advice from someone. People aren't mind readers, and so they may not realize the situation you're in, and I'm sure many would be happy to help you at least with advice or point you in directions. And remember, coronavirus is to blame here. It's not your fault. This situation is not about you. There will be many people in the same situation. The other thing you might want to do is speak to your landlord or your bank because many countries are ensuring that people are given, you know, basically a timeout in terms of either paying rent or paying off your mortgage. And the same for credit card debts, ring your bank and discuss delaying payments if you need to. So the the key thing is here is reach out. Yeah, great advice. So let's just do a little recap, shall we? Yeah. So the first thing is know your financial situation. Secondly, get your name down for the government support if you're eligible. Thirdly, look for other ways of earning money if you need to see yourself through the coming months. Casual jobs, artwork, selling stuff. And fourthly, ask people you trust for advice. Then if you need to, negotiate with banks and landlords. Nice summary there. And that is your initial game plan to triage your finances. And remember, you are not alone in having to go through or consider these circumstances. Now, on to our next section, yay, which is about emotions and mindset. And it's really about not losing your self-confidence if you lose your job or your livelihood. Yeah, because it can be really traumatic and devastating to lose a job. You know, sometimes you've had a job for so long that it's kind of part of your identity. And if that goes away, you can really feel lost. But, you know, there's obviously the loss of income, which we've talked about. There's the worry about finding another job. And there can also be embarrassment and even shame can come into play because you sort of feel like, well, you know, that I can't, you know, maybe it's my fault I got fired. They didn't fire everybody or something like that. And, you know, that's just not a helpful or a good thing to be thinking right now. No, but, you know, it is completely human. And as Heidi Hackamer says, it's really good to acknowledge how you're feeling. The first thing I would say is, like, take the time to process it. There's nothing wrong with being mad or being angry or being hurt or not feeling like you want to get out of bed for a couple of days or maybe longer. It's so true. Acknowledging how you feel is a really important step and thing to do. And the other thing I want to sort of say here is that it's so important not to take losing a job too personally or feel like a failure because of this. Particularly in this time now with COVID-19, where hopefully most of us know rationally you shouldn't take losing a job personally, it still can be hard though, can't it? Yeah, it absolutely can. And many of us have spent a long time identifying ourselves by the work we do and where we do it. So, so, you know, it's natural. But I really love something that growth mindset author and Stanford professor Carol Dweck has said. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to seriously paraphrase here. Right. Yep. So she said something to the effect of losing a job, which some of us might take personally and even view as a failure on our part, can affect how we see our own identity rather than see it as we should, which is as an event that's happened. 
And I think that's so important, you know, that failure or rejection doesn't define you. It certainly is. Yeah, totally agree with that. I really like that notion of thinking of, you know, the job loss as an event. Mm. It's not about you. It's an event that's happened on a, a certain point in a timeline. Now, something else that can help if you've suddenly got a lot of time in your hands and particularly while so many places in the world are in lockdown or social distancing and social isolation, is to explore if you can volunteer or help someone. You know, for example, is there someone in your neighborhood or building that would welcome a note offering help or a regular phone call just to check in with them? Or perhaps there's a local not-for-profit that's struggling to keep going and needs some more helping hands or, you know, something like that, albeit probably remotely or at social distance. In Australia, for example, there's a not-for-profit called Meals on Wheels, and they've been looking for volunteers to drive meals to vulnerable people's homes because those people can't leave their homes, and the demand for their services has really shot up. Yeah, and, you know, of course, by doing something for someone else, research shows it's actually good for our own mental well-being and emotional state as well. Exactly. And it also can help us keep perspective on our own situations. Yeah, that's right. You can come into sort of, if not direct encountering because of social distance, you know, you realize that there are people that are worse off often than absolutely you, know, you yourself are. And I'd love to finish with a final thought from Heidi Hackamer again on personally dealing with an abrupt change to your working life. And what she's talking about here, which we both really loved, is the importance of being able to accept change. I think the reason that I was feeling quite depressed and anxious was because I was gripping so tightly. Like I so badly just wanted things to feel in control again. And I so badly wanted to feel that things were right again, whatever right would be. And I realized one day was that we are living in an era and a society where things are always going to be changing. We have the environment shifting underneath our feet. We have business structures changing. We have viruses whipping through and knocking us out. And I don't think that that change is going to slow down. I realized I had to make a choice. And the choice was to be somebody who is really comfortable with change and really focused on navigation. And as soon as I shifted my mindset to this might never feel settled around me, but you just have to get really good at navigating that and embracing change, something inside of me broke open and relaxed. Yeah, really great advice from Heidi here. I think this is this is not just about coronavirus. This is just ongoing, isn't it? Yes, yes, in our increasingly speeding up technology-driven world. Absolutely. So we've covered off getting across your finances and working through the emotions of losing a job or, or a key part of your business. Now it's time to explore our final and arguably most important topic today, which is getting yourself and your resume up in the best way to win that new job. Wow. You say resume. I say resume. Huh, well, there you are. <laughs> I've always been known for my wacky way of saying things. <laughs> and then, of course, there's CV as well. So CV, resume, resume, whatever takes your fancy, know that we're going to use them interchangeably. <laughs> now, we actually have a real treat for you now. We're really excited that we were able to get hold of the US-based, extremely experienced former recruiter and now executive resume writer, Donna Svey, to join us on the show from the US and share some of her top advice on what you need to do to get started on your job search 
assuming your old employer won't be rehiring you back. And here's Donna. Then I think you need to look at what's going on in your industry. Is the industry going to have a quick recovery or a slow recovery? If it's going to have a slow recovery and you're going to need cash before it recovers, then you're going to need to pivot your career into a new industry or a new industry and a new function. Well, that sounds quite a big thing to think about, doesn't it? Yeah, I know. But I guess it also depends on the nature of your last job. You know, if you were a marketer, for example, and and certainly speaking from personal experience, I've moved industries or sectors quite a lot from one marketing role to another, and the jump wasn't really that dramatic. Obviously, you do have to learn about kind of the new business model and the new type of customer, but yeah, the, the skills were transferable, and I think that's quite often the case. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a really good point, and that's my experience too. You know, and it isn't necessarily about a dramatic or wholesale change, is it? Donna's saying, think of your transferable skills and work out what industries and sectors are likely to be doing well or or recover faster and target them for your job search. Plus, it's really helpful to then actually identify target employers and companies. Yeah. And on that note, when you've identified target companies that you'd like to work for, make sure you follow them on LinkedIn if they've got a company page there. Now, you might be saying, why does this matter? Well, here is a rock star tip from Donna Svey again. On the LinkedIn recruiter platform, a recruiter will put in a set of criteria. LinkedIn will give them a set of results. We have, you know, 300 profiles that match this. By the way, if you click here, we'll show you the 35 profiles who've already indicated an interest in your company because they're following it. And so you immediately make yourself a warm lead. And actually, before we talk, I was talking with a talent acquisition executive from a Fortune 100 company, and I asked her, I said, so do you go, do you guys go to that list first? And she said, absolutely. Wow. That is so interesting, isn't it? I didn't know that, did you? No, no. That is a seriously great insider tip right there, listeners. It is, isn't it? but it makes absolute sense. Yeah, no, totally. Okay, so we've reflected on where, you know, which industry and with which kind of companies you should target your job search. We're going to take a super quick ad break now. And when we come back, we'll be looking at the all important topic of rocking your resume. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back. Seriously, wasn't that such a great tip that Donna shared about following a company page on LinkedIn? given their recruiting teams do look at who's following them. Yeah, I know. It was so fascinating to hear. But I think it's time now, Claire, that we look and share with listeners how they can really rock their resumes. Yeah, exactly. Well, rule number one, make sure your CV is laid out clearly 
It's easy to read and understand and ideally is no more than two pages. If you're not sure how it reads, then show it to someone. Get their input. That's really, really valuable. Yeah, that's so important. And it's always good to tweak your resume or CV to the specific job you're going for. And Donna's got some great advice here on how to use the language that the job ad or the company uses. You hit the sweet spot. I hesitate to say you hit the keywords, but you you do. You hit the keywords that the company wants, but you do it in a way that lets them visualize you in action. So as opposed to giving a list of keywords at the top of your resume, you use those keywords in the description of your accomplishments in each job. And often at a mid-level, you're a member of a team and it's okay to talk about what the team accomplished and what your role was. So you want to show to the best of your ability that you have impacted business results in a positive way. If you're an executive, you need to show that you owned some business results and what you did. And that point Donna makes about showing your contribution to business results, it's so important, isn't it? Yeah, no, it sure is. And it's all about how you've added value in the past. Yes, exactly. Now, it's probably a good time to jump in here and talk briefly about LinkedIn. We've heard that great tip from Donna to follow any company that you're interested in working for on LinkedIn, but what about what you have on your LinkedIn profile page? And what Donna says, because she is the oracle, is it's best to put up your resume as your profile. And because you have to slightly tailor your resume wording for different jobs, choose for LinkedIn the version you'd use for your dream job. Yeah, that's great advice. And of course, another LinkedIn tip is... Once you have some target companies you want to check for, then obviously check your connections online on LinkedIn. Do you know anyone who works at that company or do you know someone who knows someone else who works at one of the companies you're interested in? Yeah, really great point. And if you do, then reach out to them and ask for a connection or advice about the opportunity and how you might approach it. Absolutely. Okay, so you've now thought about where you should focus your job search. Your resume and LinkedIn are ready to go with an optimized sort of CV and profile that you've shared with others to get feedback and thoughts, and you've used the right language. So now if you've got time on your hands, it's really valuable to ask yourself if your search would go better if you had a particular skill. And if you're unemployed or underemployed right now, then getting online really could be a great use of your time. Here's Donna Svey again talking about some possible things you could do about learning online. One of the huge differences between this recession and the 2008 recession is how much online learning is available. Go ahead and find yourself a course, find yourself a certification program, and get after it. Find something that you're missing. Find something you need to get your next job or to move up in your career and use this time productively to make that happen. I love that advice from Donna. And there's some amazing courses online at the moment that are you know, pretty much lots of them are free. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's a really good thing to be doing. Yeah, it surely is. Now we've got one final and very, very important piece of advice to end on. It's all about you running your own race. 
despite the headlines that we're starting to see about the number of unemployed. I know. Do not let those headlines get to you or depress you or make you think, oh my goodness, it's going to be impossible. There are so many people who will be looking for a job just like me. That isn't the case because as Donna put so articulately here, no one is just like you. We're all different. Absolutely. So let's hear Donna. What matters is who do you want to work for and what skills do they need? Or, you know, if you come at it from the other direction, in my industry, what skills are important? Or in my functional area, what skills are important? And they really vary from job function, job level, even geography. So it's important to not think about, quote, the job market, unquote, as a monolith. It's really important to think about what's my job market. It's the only one that matters. What a great note to end on. Sure is. And a huge thanks to our two guests today, Heidi Hackemer and Donna Svey. Find out more about them on the show notes page for this episode at don'tstopusnow.co. And if you've liked what you've heard today, or you know someone who could benefit from the advice that we've shared, then please do share this episode widely with your friends. Plus, we've got some special news to announce. Yeah. After years of coaching people to shine and be successful in their job interviews, we've now created a short but indispensable course for you to access whenever you need it most online. Yes. And we're confident that the steps and advice that we share in this course will give you a truly competitive edge when it comes to doing a great job interview. So head to don'tstopusnow.co forward slash get the job for more info. Well, that's this episode done and dusted. Stay tuned for our next episode with Taiwan's digital minister, Audrey Tang. Hear the incredible story of how, thanks to early action, life in Taiwan has hardly been affected by coronavirus. Plus, hear about Audrey's incredible journey as well. Yes, some amazing stories there. See you then. Ciao for now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.